It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Working. Zach, how in the world are you, buddy? Man, you know what I'm doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, man. We're on this side of, of camp season. Uh, we're on this side of you making a dramatic recovery. You know, man, the people have missed you. I've missed you. And I, I just want to pause right here and start us off by saying, Chad Higgins, how in the world are you? <laughs> Let's all throw it right back at you, man. I'm alive. I made it. Thank I'm alive you and for kicking. covering. Thank you for our people for covering. Uh, you may not even some if you're tuning in right now may not even know that I've been gone. Just for like a skip those while. episodes. Like yeah, I listened to like every four episodes. I had no idea, but yeah, there was a good like three four weeks there that Chad Higgins was kind of uh, MIA, injured list IR. Big thanks to Kristen for covering. But yeah, man. So I was in the hospital, man. Uh, what happened? What do you want? Do you want to talk about it? You want to pull up a yeah. bench here, share a little let's, bit, let people know. We've been praying. We've been praying, this. man. Um, well, it was my first time ever in the hospital, so it was a whole new experience. Dramatic for entry for you, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm one of those guys that it's just like uh, I'll just push through things, yeah. right? We'll, we'll and, be fine uh, eventually. We'll be fine. Walk it off. That that leg will reattach itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, man, I I started having some stomach issues and laid around the house for five days, which was apparently um, the really bad move on this deal. Um. I had a gallstone that was uh, stuck in a duck, and I decided, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, and I was not fine and ended up having to uh, go to the hospital and spend five days in a wonderful hospital. And I got uh, new uh, and brand new experiences like CAT scan. I got to do a <laughs> CAT scan, which was great. And, nice. Um, pushing a guy my size in one of those little tubes is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I felt like they were trying to – uh, shove a biscuit back in the can. Um, and so that was pretty awesome. <laughs> sure. Um, but then I got to go undergo surgery and surgery was, uh, a trip of itself. And, and so naturally, Zach, you know, this about me, I am, I'm a warrior and, uh, I stress out about things. Yeah, and, and so having to go under surgery, like I was not, uh, very excited about that. And all those like stupid, crazy thoughts of what if I'm allergic to the anesthesia and this is it and all those kind of things. And, and so uh, I go into surgery, and I re- the last thing I remember is the anesthesiologist above my head, and he he said, uh, uh, "Do you feel sleepy yet?" And I said, "No." And then uh, and then I was out, and uh, uh, and then I wake up, I wake up in a completely different room, and immediately, like literally, my first thought was, "Am I alive?" <laughs> Um, is it, was this and, like a, like a Harry Potter lost situation where it was like a train station that was well lit kind of thing or like, right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. All these, you know, I, I, I'm in this like room by myself and the, it's just like curtains on either side of me. And I hear this nurse and this other patient next to me and the nurse, uh, you know, I don't remember the guy's name. She was like, you know, Hey, Mr. Johnson, your colonoscopy went great. Um, you're going to have a lot of gas on your stomach. We're going to need 10 big farts from you before we're going to send you back to your room. And then this guy immediately begins to fart and count. And so he's sitting over there counting his farts. And, 
And I'm still trying to figure out if I'm alive or not. And I'm like, maybe I died. Like, and I just oh, and this, this, this whole, is it. Like, this is yeah, this is the like, I, moment. I, I, oh, I have the whole thing wrong, this right? Is and your this infinite now, task. Yes. Yeah, he's now in. <laughs> I'm now in hell, and I have to listen to this guy count his farts for the rest of eternity. Oh, instead of like pushing a wheel in a circle forever, or like burying this yourself in sand, like yeah. this is it. Like you just have to lay in this room and just hear this man count to affinity for his farts. Count it. Yeah, yeah. So he oh, got dude, up to. Is, Seven that before is they weird. let me out. That is a weird eschatology, but I, <laughs> I, I think that's that's probably some kind of youth. That, that's a youth ministry eschatology, right? That's a that's a that's a kid ask you on a late night at camp of like, oh, Chad, what's 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 hell gonna be like? Well, I don't know what it's gonna be like, but it probably won't be any worse than. <laughs> I don't know though. I I think I've had some junior high boys through the years that they would hear that and go, "That's the greatest thing I've ever heard." Or it's just like, Tuesday night at camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's heaven. Right? Like, <laughs> just, just dudes laying in their bunks at camp, just fourteen. Yeah, it's just like, dude, he had a streak of seventeen yesterday. Oh gosh, that's disgusting. Yeah, well, you know, it was disgusting, and I was like, "Where am I? What is this?" Hey, uh, Chad, we've said it on the podcast before, and I think it's worth repeating. It's the great Peter Jucker quote. Um, what we count is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, sorry, to get it right for all of our business friends, you measure what matters. So whatever you matter is what you're measuring. And so for this this man, your neighbor, uh, he was measuring what matters. So listen there, uh, student pastors all around the world. Don't just be counting the chairs that fill your butts, but maybe the – okay, anyway. <laughs> oh, that's Yeah, awesome. we are so glad to have you back, man. And uh, it, it was – it was different without you, and I'm glad that you're healthy. Um, really freaked out that I got that that late Sunday night text message. Can I share? Can I share this story? Uh, this part of the yeah. story with your oh, with your yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, about so that. this this is so all the folks out there know that Chad and I have this deep history of being like best friends, and like we do talk to each other outside of the podcast and all of this. And yet, and yet, it's not, maybe not as good of friends as I thought, because the Sunday night before he's like getting checked into the hospital, he just sends me well, the you text. Know, you know, I don't, I don't share my feelings. You don't with. share your feelings. You don't share your hurts. You're very, you're very protected. You're very like, like Wizard of Oz when it comes to like what's really going Sorry. on behind the curtain. But at least for your best friend, you could send more than a Sunday night text message late that says, "Hey man, got worse and the hospital in Tulsa." Which became this weird scavenger hunt because it was after hours and I'm trying to call people and there's like five hospitals in Tulsa. So thanks for the like geocache find Chad game or whatever. So I'm like trying to find your phone via GPS. and Okay. In, in my defense, I was in a little bit of pain. That's, all you had to put was, hey, here's where I'm staying. Send flowers. <laughs> So anyway, okay. just know that if you're if folks out there, like it just listen, the way that prayer chains work is you've got to at least give the room number of the hospital at the church know to put on the brag board to go make the hospital visits. Come on, man. OK, here's another part of the story that I don't think I've told you. Oh, yet. my goodness. Good. There's details. You yeah. know, you, you sent me that plant, that really nice plant. I while I was in the oh, that's right. That's right. I sent you the plant with the childish balloon. I thought that was really a nice touch. <laughs> they, awesome. All the balloons were either like super flowery or there was a monster truck wheel. And so I sent the, I don't even know what it said. It was some terrible pun of like, uh, like, uh, you know, <laughs> roll, roll back into good health. So I sent the plant yeah. and the childish balloon. So apparently when you sent that, it ended up in another guy's room, this old man that was like Perfect. by himself. 
Well, the old man that was by himself didn't tell anyone that it wasn't his and kept it the whole time. And when he was, when he was checking out, when he was checking out, the nurse was like, what do you want to do with this plant? He goes, well, it's not mine, but I really enjoyed looking at it. So I kept it. (laughs) So then they realized that it's mine. They bring it to my room like four days later. Okay, good. Good. Because I was. I finally got it. Thank you, bud. Well, good. I mean, I was a little bummed because like I went by. Because I because I, I, I kind of I sent it and then I went to visit and I kind of did the, like look around the room I didn't see it so I was like well maybe they're gonna bring it later so I called later and they're like uh yeah we don't and I'm like what are you talking about I paid money for that so that's good to know that it actually went somewhere that's good that's well good. there there was an old man that really enjoyed it okay. so well, thank good. you oh, it's spread a little joy that's good that's good thanks thanks gift shop volunteers. <laughs> Well, hey, everybody, welcome to After Nine, the most honest podcast in youth ministry where, yes, yes, even farts are on the table. But the thing we like to talk about most are the questions in youth ministry um, that relate to the youth minister, if this is your first time listening or your 80th time listening. Uh, on today's episode, we wanted to talk about what do you do when you feel discouraged? What do you do when you get down? How do you handle discouragement in youth ministry? And I think this is a broad question that manifests itself in very specific specific and particular ways. I think each person is going to feel it a little bit differently, but I think this is a feeling that every youth minister feels when they walk across the parking lot on that Sunday or midweek night locking up. Like they one out of four, maybe two out of five weeks, you're probably feeling down, not up after a time with your youth group. I know there's going to be some amazing weeks, but if you're out there and you are a youth worker or youth minister or student pastor, I guarantee that probably in the last few weeks you've had a night where you just felt down and you just felt discouraged. And so Chad, maybe walk us through some of the big picture stuff here. Again, everybody's going to have their own kind of particular thing that either like sets this off or kind of their own kind of particular way to feel about it. Maybe you're tearful. Maybe you get really like, like morose and you just get like quiet and you get down to yourself. Or maybe you like blast the angry music because you're just like, I don't know. Or maybe you, you know, like we talked about from episode one, Chad, Make that drive to Taco Bell and just find solace in a seven-layer burrito. <laughs> and yeah. so whatever, whatever it is, kind of give us a, a bigger picture of this, and then we'll kind of dive into some way that we need to help kind of think about it, preempt it, and kind of remedy some of that stuff. Um, you know, I, the, the thing that I want to just reiterate is kind of what you, you talked about. But I think there's a lot of different reasons that we get here. And, and I think the big reason why this episode is so important is because we're not going to pinpoint just one thing, right? Sure. Because we all have these different things um, that we're dealing with, that, that we're um, upset about, and all those kind of things. But but I think that there are some healthy practices along the ways that we can implement into our life um, when we do feel discouraged, when you feel down, um, that, that help us out of that place and not just this spiral to where then we, we see everything around us with these like jaded lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what are you – I think you mentioned one, Zach, um, that is probably an unhealthy way to deal with this. Um, let's talk about maybe some unhealthy ways that we have, have dealt with it, right? Okay. And so the, 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 the way that you talked about was heading to Taco Bell, right, and like eating our problems away. And eating the feelings, right? Like eating the feelings. Like this is, this is the guilt of I think a lot of youth pastors, uh, especially for a lot of youth pastors – uh, uh, let's just call it what it is in the South, right? I'm serving in Oklahoma, Texas, and, and North Carolina. I, I've, you know, the, 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 the battle of the bulge. <laughs> 
as it were, right? Like, because this is a socially acceptable out for a lot of youth pastors. We already are like predispensed to have a lot of pizza and, and tacos and food with our volunteers and with our students. And then I think we just get kind of accustomed or acclimated to food feels good. The Bible says, don't judge me for eating what I want. And so we'll go load up on some, uh, not healthy choices, right? Like it's one of those, um, man. <laughs> There's a lot of damage that we can do uh, in the name of covering up some sad feelings. It's a weird kind of coping. It's a weird kind of uh, poor self-care um, to go load up on multiple combo meals, at, at uh, not to pick on Taco Bell. McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King are as guilty too, but they're open late. You never have to leave your car, and that you know, warm, meaty burrito taco combo seven-number meal cookout deliciousness and milkshake it for six dollars is a cheap way to fix your feelings for half an hour you know i i think sometimes though like if we're gonna be honest i i think for a lot of especially guys we, we're probably not even looking at that experience as like you know eating eating our way out of it but i think when we get unhealthy and discouraged we find ourselves just like you know on the run and and choosing poor decisions like that for our health right like uh, we're just going to eat here and eat there and and we're not worrying about those other areas of our life because we're so consumed um on on these things that have us discouraged you know one of the one of the things i think that ties along with that that i would say for me when i get discouraged um one of the indicators of poor health for me in that area is if there, especially if there's like one area that I'm discouraged with, then I will like overcompensate in other areas okay. and I'll become like crazy busy in those areas, if that makes sense. And say like distance and critical from the other. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, forget that. It's not going to work. Yeah. So I'm going to spend all my time and all my effort in there. Yeah. And so instead of solving the original problem or working a way to where that's like resolved or whatever that needs to look like, then I'll just like shove it de- deep down. Right. And yeah. then I'll move on to something else and, I, and I'll get myself so busy that I almost forget about it. Right. Sure. And, and that's not necessarily a solution to the problem. Right. That's just turning a blind eye to it. Um, and, and consuming ourselves with other things. No, that's good. And, and I think I think that kind of like line of thinking is probably true. Again, there's some really broad ways to talk about this, and some really like kind of personal, unique, but particular ways to talk about it. Um, but I think that either like uh, shifting focus, um, which is to work on this instead of that, or to you know as soon as youth is over, to be like, well, back to you know, working on this or being more about my fantasy football or baseball team or back to, you know, catching up on Netflix stuff. And so we become like distracted or diverted. Uh, and then I think there's that kind of like burying ourselves and other things too. And so I think those are both really important. The third that I would offer, Chad, is kind of maybe just a, a way of us talking about it personally that might invite other people into it is to turn to social media and like complain. Like I think for a lot of folks, um, we don't always and this is this is again this is a leadership issue when you're leading something you can feel really alone in this so you can try to find other communities of leaders to turn to that might understand you some of those communities are healthy some can be let's call it what it is toxic and so we will you know throw it out there like tonight my kids were this way or that way and thanks to the beauty of of facebook groups or like our little private text circle of friends that always have our back they'll just feed us back the thing 
things that we want to hear, uh, which may or may not be the whole story, which may or not, may not be uh, true or untrue, right? We're youth pastors. We know how to round a good number up and add 20. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes, like, I think we don't always paint the whole picture. We don't always seek the full advice. And I think what happens is instead of looking for a little bit of self-care or remedy, we're looking for someone to, like, like band-aid a solution, right? Like, listen, if you have a bum night, call it what it is. It's a bum night. Like, just go, you know, take a break, rest up or do whatever, um, but get back at it. And I think it becomes this kind of patterning of, like, we bury our heads, we tuck our chins more and more and more and more, and we just let everybody else kind of say the things that we want to hear, and then we start living in almost like a false reality, right? And I think there's got to be, yep. you know, w- whether it's diversion and distraction or uh, burying ourselves in something else or, or turning to the wrong kind of crowd and seeking the, the, the not wisdom, but just like, you know, the friendly advice, the thing that we want to hear is not healthy for the long run, right? Like, I mean, right. yeah, in the moment, if you, like, again, just like that chalupa from Taco Bell, man, it feels good for four minutes. But when you realize that chalupa, like, totally canceled out your whole workout from that morning, oh, bad choice, right? And again, I think that's, I think that's the thing that we're talking about is over the course of, a longer vision, right? Over the course of the weeks and the months and the years, how do how do we healthily deal with some of these things? Right. Turning turning to people that you actually don't know and asking them to solve your problem yeah. in 200 characters. Yes. Right? <laughs> or 140 if tweet, it's on Twitter. Tweet fix this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like th- there's no wisdom in that because they don't know the full story. And all they know of the story is this little bit that you're that able you to share. Shared, yeah. And so you've got to have friends. And we'll talk about this on the second half of like actually uh, good solutions, but having like trustworthy, honest people that have access to your life. Um, that can share with you maybe areas that you're blind to and all those kind of things that, um, that, that need to be said that aren't always easy that can actually help you move from a place of discouragement to health is, I think, hugely, hugely important. That's good. All right, we're going to take it to the break. When we come back, we're going to take those three categories and walk through some practical tips, helps, and guides for you to preemptively combat discouragement and then also find healthy remedy in the midst of feeling discouraged. Hey, youth ministry friend, how you doing? We at After Nine want you to know it's just not about the weekly listen, but sometimes it's about the community, having the right people around us that get it. And so over at youthministrybooster.com, we would love for you to check out a free trial to meet a group of people that care and a big catalog of resources that are there for you to use. Youthministrybooster.com is the membership resource community for healthy and hardworking youth ministers. If that's you, try join today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to After Nine, talking about discouragement in youth ministry of my buddy Chad Higgins, back from the hospital. <laughs> back from the dead. Back, back, from, back from his short stay in forced medical leave. Uh, Chad, we're glad to have you back, and I'm really happy to have your help on this one because I think – I mean. 
for me, like this is like the crux of why after I got started, this is part of our story is that we would call each other and we felt discouraged, right? And so I think when we talk through these today, I just want people to know this is deeply personal for us because this is the thing that got us doing this. And I think this is in many ways the thing that keeps us doing this week in and week out for 85 plus weeks, right? Like that we know the need of this and the patterning of the need of this, right? Like this is going to happen week in and week out. And, and one of the things that we will say up front is the best uh, protection against discouragement is to know that it's going to happen. Right. Like, I think the best thing that we can say to you, if you're going to hear one thing, is you need to be preemptive enough to know that sometime soon discouragement is going to hit you like a tidal wave. Yeah. Like, it, it is going to wash over you because one thing happened, then another thing happened, and then it just felt like too much. And you are going to start to feel discouraged. You're going to question your ministry. You're going to question your church. You're going to question uh, your pastor's leadership. You're going to question your own capacity. You're going to question the impact it's having on your family and your own personal life. And I think we have to have some things set up ahead of time before that washes over. So yeah, the we, first – go ahead. Yeah, because th- I think a lot of us, when we get discouraged, like this thing, the church that we're supposed to – you know, we're called the shepherd in love starts to become the enemy, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's just such a bad place to be in. And and it and it leads to ministers burning out and leaving, and, yeah. and that's – uh, that's the real, like, you know, sad part of all of this is because, you know, some of these things, that I, I, I think, you know, when we first get into youth ministry, right? Like, if you're listening, it's your first year ever, right? Like, you know, you may still be in that honeymoon phase where you're like, dude, this is the greatest job ever, right? Anybody and, not like this, <laughs> right? And, and you're going to find yourself down the road, like, finding yourself being discouraged in different ways, whether it's, you know, problems are rising or, you know, for me, like there were just periods of time in my ministry where I just started to get bored and I got discouraged with that. And you know what I mean? Or, um, all of those kind of different areas or, or things weren't happening as fast as I wanted them to, or all, all of those kind of things that, that can build into just these feelings of like, what am I doing? Why isn't it happening the way I want to? And all of those kind of things. That's good. So Zach, let's, let's talk through what are some helpful tips that we can implement in our life beforehand yep. and during these discouraging times that, that are really health, healthy. So we're walking back through the first half of the episode. We talked about kind of three categories that seem to be the thing that we turn to or kind of like to cluster some of the things that kind of like are the like manifestation of our discouragement. And I think one of the things that we have is that distraction diversion, right? Like we're just going to like turn ourselves into something else and, and, and worry more about that. I, I think one of the things that like that's, that's kind of becking in us too is I would encourage folks that are, that are listening for youth pastors that are doing the thing is to have some kind of outlet or hobby or interest that's not ministry related. Like I, I really believe that one of the things that helps best combat discouragement is to have something else in your life going on. Because I think sometimes we get so funneled, so tunneled to this uh, to this thing that is so much more than a job. It's a vocation. It's a calling. We and we wrap it up in all that beautiful theological, spiritual kind of language. But at the end of the day, there is still work that has to be done and work that has to be set aside. And it doesn't always move at the rate or the pace that we desire because it's all that human interaction. Interaction and relationships and whatever and the networking of stuff and things. And so I think it's important for us to have something that is uniquely uh, for us that gives us a place to put not all 
and become the thing that we like distract or divert ourselves with. But whether it's, you know, um, a fun exercise regime or if it's like a collection or a hobby or if it's like, you know, soccer or karate with your kids or just something going on in your life, whether it's a running club or like maybe you're like learning how to bake more or roast your own coffee or, or just something that's not ministry that's like fun and creative and new for you because that takes the pressure off of every waking thought and thing and clenched fist being about ministry because when that ministry thing either implodes or disintegrates or kind of like shifts on you and you start feeling discouraged, you will have a source of joy that's beyond just like this church and this job. And I also think it also gives us some other relational connection points that are beyond just the uh, the things and people at our church, right? Like I mean, we've talked about it before. Like one of the healthiest things a minister can do is to have friends outside the wall of the church. <laughs> Right. So that your whole like nexus of friendships, your whole like swirling orbit of people that you know interact with aren't just the people at Sam's Club and the people at church. <laughs> right. You know, I think I think at the heart of what you're talking about too, you know, I think you open it up to multiple different areas, but it's helping find um the priority of where ministry falls inside your life. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I know that there was a season for me that man, that ministry like engulfed my life, yeah. if that makes sense. And and I think on the outside looking in, you could probably look at ministry and go, oh, things seem to be going really well. But it wasn't sustainable yeah, right? there it is. At, at that level. Um, and, and so for me, finding a place of like health in the minister creates long-term health in the ministry. Yep, and I think yep. that that's really important for us to remember along the way of, you know, like you're talking about finding hobbies, creating space and time with your family, right? I add the those into that same thought, yep. right? Like, because I think for some of us, you may be looking at like your family life and ministry life and going, man, I don't know that I can find a place for a hobby. Well, I, I think for you, I think looking at and finding places, where are those areas of my life that I truly enjoy, yep. right? Yep. Like, and and creating space and time for that, that, that it's this, hey, this is why I'm doing what I do, yeah. right? And and getting to spend time with my kids at the park and all those kind of things. Um, for you that are life-giving, um, rejuvenating, and all those kind of things. That's good. And I'll add into this, and this it, it by no means is this like afterthought, but but spending adequate time like with you and the Lord during these periods and before these periods is crucial, yeah. right? And this this place of dis- discouragement. And I think when we start talking about priorities, that that falls into this for you. One of the, the biggest tips that I give any new youth or any new minister that I talk to um, is when you go to your desk the first um, uh, of every morning, um, spend 15 minutes like with the Lord. I mean, even on top of your own, like, you know, time with the Lord at home. But that was a practice that I implemented in my my own ministry. And it just seemed like it would consecrate my space every day, right? Sit down at my desk, spend some time with the Lord. We prioritize what's really important in our life. And then we get to work out of that instead of doing our ministry and then trying to shove these things into a space that we find time for. No, that's good. That's good. And I, and I think that, I think Chad leads into the second category of burying ourselves. 
is that we need to have some some rigid structure in our life that doesn't let us spiral in and out of control, right? Like I think this is um, the the wizened the wizened um, sage advice I would give to young youth ministers, especially, is I know this seems like old fuddy duddy like language and stuff, but there is something sacred in having as much of a routine as you can. There is something sacred in saying that this is when my day starts, this is when my day ends, uh, and this is – I'm going to do what I can inside of this space, and these are the things that are most important. And eventually, over time, I will get the important work done because I'm focusing on the right things because I think what happens is we get really excited. We get on the hype train. We dump all of our energy into exciting and this and that. We build up the ministry. We stay up late working on stuff. We pull all-nighters. We, we go we go camp to camp to camp to camp because we just can't get enough because things are moving. And if we ever slow down, it might die, and we don't want our ministry to die. We want momentum. Always things, stuff, yes. And then it finally like it like tips or tanks or falls. And so we have this like weird like spiraling of energy, but we don't know where to put it. And so we either crash or we dump all that energy and probably to a really kind of negative kind of habit. Um, if we're getting personal, this is the thing in my life that like uh, I would put a lot of energy into something and it would crash on me and then I would pick darker and more negative habits to put all that energy into uh, because it was like I like felt betrayed by the ministry, right? Like I feel like a lot of times that discouragement can kind of lead us to feel like this uh, – you know, like I trusted you. I thought this was supposed to work out. Like this was going to be the thing that was going to make the difference. I thought we were growing and doing, but again, it's a series of relationships, network and stuff. And so sometimes those things can fall apart. And the flip side of all that positive energy is typically like kind of almost this like whiplash of like negative energy. And we bury ourselves in either eating too much or looking at the wrong websites or staying up too late or not taking care of ourselves or finding other kind of vices and habits and things to like just pour ourselves into. So more than just distraction of like, I don't want to work on this. I'll work on that. It becomes this like very negative spiral for who we are. You know, one of the best practices that I've started implementing in my own life that is like a a business tip, but man, it works so well is the night before, um, write down what are the three things that I'm going to accomplish tomorrow. That's good. Um, you know, and, and doing that in the night before that way, when you wake up, you're not going, okay, what do I need to get done today? Right. You've already thought through it. You slept on it. Like it, it almost feels like there's just these given tasks to you when you wake up, if that makes sense. Um, and you know, the, the, when I first started this idea, I was like three, that's not enough. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I found is when I'm really diligent and knocking out like three things and getting it done and it's over with, yeah. that when I string together over and over three, 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 man, I knock out so much more than I thought I would in a week. Yeah. And they're accomplished, they're done, and it doesn't leave me feeling this like – overwhelming sense, which I'm, I'm prone to. And so I know that about myself. And so I, I have to protect myself about that because I know for me, one of my big downfalls is I will try to throw so much on my plate that I end up not doing it all really well. But when I'm able to control that and say, Hey, I'm knocking out three things today, because here, here's the truth for, for you young ministers, there's always going to be more things to do tomorrow. That's right. That's, ne- there is. That never before in ministry has someone said, I got everything done forever and always today. You're always going to wake up with more to do. And so just make sure you're doing the most important stuff you can every day. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And so knocking those out, I think, is a great way to, to begin to have that you know schedule and ritual in your life that helps. 
All right, Chad, the last one, and I think this one may be – here we go, deep waters. The friend stuff, the people that we talk to, who we allow to have stake and influence in our life. Uh, I think this is the thing that is most important to separate those that we're getting like maybe ideas from and those that we're allowing to speak into our life, right? Like I love uh, the the big Facebook groups. I love uh, the, the regional and denominational groups that have insights about how to do camp better or some like hacks and tips for this and like, you know, the best way to acquire pallet wood that's legal and safe. <laughs> but I'm really careful for who's in my circle that allows to speak into what I'm doing because I want them to have the full picture of what I'm about, what season of life I'm in and where the church is at. And I think this is one of the things that we've learned over time is you have to keep that circle of people who you allow to speak into your life very small or also just start looking for whoever sounds the nicest to listen to. And I think we need really trusted people that are not just the ones that are always going to say what we want to hear, but are close enough to us to know the whole of us really well. Well, and and I think that that comes with time, right? Like finding these people that will invest in in your life. You know, and at first as you're getting to know each other, right, there there probably is a lot more yeses and, oh, that sounds great. You know what I mean? But over time when you start to get to know someone, right, like – uh, you and I, our relationship, right? Like we don't always agree on things. We, I mean, literally in today we, we didn't agree. This, yeah. <laughs> right before this podcast, yeah. me and you were talking about something that I think we, we disagree on, but it, here's the truth of the matter is I know when you talk and what you say, I respect it. Hmm. Right. And I value it. And it, it always causes me to look at what I think and really start to like question. And I think that that's the healthy place, right? Because at the end of the day, Zach, and I hope the same way for, for me, and I know it is, um, you know, I, I may not go, okay, yeah, yeah. Zach completely changed my mind. I'll go in a different way, but it causes me to pause and reevaluate and look at it in a different light. And I think that that's what great minister friends around us really do is help us see things from all different angles That's good. and all different perspectives and, and um, the way that we value things and we look at things. And, and I think that having people in your life that can, that can look at you and, and talk with you and, and know that the areas that we struggle with, that we succeed in, um, that we can like evaluate them and, um, and do them wisely, man. I'll just uh, here. Here's a great instance of that, Zach, that you played in my life recently. I got sick, ended up in the hospital, got out of the hospital. I immediately wanted to like jump back into like everything that we've been going on. Everything you had planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Hey, when, are we recording tomorrow? Uh, right? like, over. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> And, and dude, I'll be honest. And at that time I didn't think that I needed it, but you were like, you need to take the week off. And I was like, oh no, no, we got all these things going on. That was the best thing for me at that time. Right. Um, and and so, but you knew that about me, right? Like, you know, those tendencies that I have. And so it's like having those kind of friendships that, (laughs) see deeper than just what you're saying is really, really important to have. That's good. Well, the challenge and encouragement to all of our afternoon listeners is this. First, an affirmation. Hey, we care about you. 
and there's a group of people that really do care about you. And this whole afternoon journey has been the reminder that there are youth ministers that are seeking to do youth ministry well uh, with uh, some integrity, honesty, and some health. And so we want to leave you with this. You need other youth ministers in your life speaking truth and encouragement. If you have no one today, email Chad or Zach at afternineministry.com and we will find you somebody. We'll get you paired up with the right people because this job is too big, too difficult to go alone. And so your encouragement today is all you have to do is write an email to either Chad or Zach at afternineministry.com and we will put you with the right people. It might be us, maybe somebody else, but we're going to put you with the right people because we don't want you to endure this alone because youth ministry is tough. It's a worthy calling. And yet, and yet, in the greatest struggle and the greatest trial, there will be discouragement. And the best remedy for all of that is the study of scripture, the prayer of the saints, and the encouragement of good, good friends. And so we are here for you. We love you. We're thankful for you. Uh, And so again, thank you for listening to After Nine. But more than just an episode, we want you to know that we're trying to build a community of healthy, honest, and hardworking youth ministers like you. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. Are you kidding me with the phone? Are you kidding Sorry. me? Like it's you forget. Like you're such a rookie. Okay, start no. over. Three, two, one. Hello, this is Chad Higgins. My name. Is- <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. I'm, I'm rusty. You are rusty. <laughs> <laughs>